They say one time around is all you get, but I'm still dancing, so you lost your bet. Welcome to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined as always by my good buddy, John Mariano. How are you tonight, John? Confused. Why? Three amigos, three 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 collabros, collabros whatever, whatever Donald Duck called his, his, his little music group, you know, um, three musketeers, like the threes go on and on and on and on. And tonight, four? Like Ninja Turtles? Like, what are we tonight? What's the deal? Four horsemen? I don't know. Oh, I like that. There you go. Can we roll with that? Four horsemen? We, we, we can roll with that. So, uh, John Mariano, your horseman number two. Let's introduce our, our co-host here, uh, all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada, Mr. Scott Haskin. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Doing great, you guys. I You know, after last week's episode, I thought we needed a supervisor. So I, I have uh, had the pleasure of inviting my good friend from the Deep Purple podcast, one half of the hosting team, John Matola, to the show. John, how are you? Hey, great. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Absolute oh, pleasure. Yeah, my, uh, my uh, what is it? My uh, gateway drug into the Deep Dive podcast network was your show. <laughs> we're, we're so excited to have you, John. Um, Scott has been... It's like been his goal since he's joined us to make sure that I'm not as unique as I think I am. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's the reason why he invited you on. And you're both East Coast guys, so I'm trying to make it as confusing uh, as possible. No, no, you're also making it very hurtful. Like, I'm not the only John. I'm not the only East Coaster. What, <laughs> John, what else do you have going for you? Like, please tell me you like, like, pizza and 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 bagels and stuff like me because i might as well just dial out now yeah i mean uh pizza bagels uh beer what else sweets big sweets guy <laughs> it's so very hurtful to my ego right now uh, but, but john welcome welcome to the show um in all seriousness um, we are thrilled to have you. Scott's been hyping this for us for a couple of weeks now. I don't know how many episodes we've promoted it or whatever because I don't I don't even know what month it is that we're actually recording this for. <laughs> That's kind of how this show works. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks, Scott. No pressure. Um, no pressure. I, I feel no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um I'm I'm really I'm really excited to be on. I love um I love the the chance to uh, to be on other podcasts and uh, talk music with uh, like minded people. So, um, and I really enjoy you. Uh, really enjoy the show, and um, yeah, I can't wait to be a part of today's episode. Perfect. You know, we're we're gonna have to differentiate between the John. So let's we'll have old John for John Mariano wait, and better wait. John for John Batola. <laughs> I actually have a recommendation. Okay. Tonight only, because 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 it's my favorite thing to do during the day. If you could refer to me, since there's two Johns, I would like to be known as the deuce the rest of the episode. This is my favorite activity to do during the day. Dropping and I deuces? thought it was going to be a masturbation <laughs> reference. But you know, I love you because your deuces are wild. I was going to say, you could just you could just call me Jimmy Crespo or if you want. <laughs> Richie Supa, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, uh, John, while we got you on the air better, John, uh, wh why don't you tell us a little bit about the Deep Purple podcast and what you got going on over there? 
Um, so for anybody that uh, doesn't know, the Deep Purple podcast was a uh, project founded by uh, myself and um, uh, my good friend, uh, Nate, who um, lives out in Chicago. We grew up here in um, in Rhode Island together, and we um, we started it. Um, uh, I think it was Nate and I are debating about this because we're um, how long ago it was, because he said we're going on four years. I think it's three years we're going on. Um, Scott, you would probably know better, right? Didn't we start in 2019? I think so. Uh, I, I'm going to try and find the first episode date yeah, if I, I can. It, yeah, I um, think it was 2019. But um, I know it's been at least three years because I've lived here for two and a half, and you guys were already up and running okay. uh, before I moved. So actually, I can look back at when you guys came on my show because I'm pretty sure it was around 2019. too long. But uh, we've been we've been doing it for a few years. I think it's coming up on three three years. Um, uh, next year, uh, three or four years. And, um, we, we grew up, uh, as, uh, uh, teenagers, uh, listening to, um, uh, amongst other, uh, bands, Deep Purple. And, um, you know, we were, in, uh, always been intrigued by the, uh, the Deep Purple family, all the different, uh, offshoots of bands that came from them, because as, um, as anybody that listens to the podcast knows, it's not just the, the, uh, Deep Purple proper, as we call it. Um, these, these musicians have, all gone off and done so many projects with so many people. There's so many um, kind of um, um, six degrees of separation that we could go on for years uh, talking about them. So we we do everything from um, uh, reviewing albums to um, to having on. Uh, um, we've had on some uh, interviews, uh, guest hosts. We've done a game show. We've uh, done a one of Scott's favorite episodes, Coverdale tweets. Yes. Um, so we, we always try and do things uh, very, uh, you know, break it up and do things that are interesting, exciting. Uh, we've done like live casts with uh, uh, concerts and had on uh, Patreon uh, subscribers. So it's uh, it's just really been a uh, uh, passion project for us. A great way to just get together and talk about uh, the band that we love and all the musicians that we love since we were, um, since we were you know, kids. So I, I looked it up and it looks like you guys were on my show November 28th of 2019 and you that had done, it, yeah. uh, it was less than I think 15 episodes of your show. So that, that would be around your start date. Yeah. We started around April, I believe. So. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Well, I know, uh, you know, with all due respect to everybody on the deep uh, dive podcasting network, they all do a fantastic job. Uh, I always kind of considered uh, the deep purple podcast, kind of the gold standard. That, that that's kind of the level, the upper echelon that I know for me and my shows uh, we're, we're we're trying to to reach. So uh, uh, thank you very much for slumming uh, slumming it here tonight, uh, coming down to the down in the ruts, if you will, uh, to hang out with us uh, Aerosmith folk. <laughs> and I just want to you know, you know really hit home what Corey's saying. So when Corey was selling me on what he and Mark were doing over, over at the Van Halen side of the town and wanted me to get back into podcasting. He specifically pointed to your podcast on this network. Right. And, and like, it was a major, it's like, it's like his belief system, right. Or his ideal yeah. was, was built off of that premise. Right. And, and, wow. and he, he talked about you with such conviction that he made it impossible for me to say no, because Corey <laughs> can tell you, I was so far out on wanting to podcast, yeah. right? He literally had to drag me kicking and screaming to do this. And I, and I love it. And I, I can't stop now again, <laughs> but like, yeah. like, like 
part of of Corey's premise was your podcast. And respectfully to everybody else, you, you know, you know, everybody busts their ass. Like none of us, none of us are making dick to show up. We're doing it because yeah. we, we we love this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, Scott, poor Scott, got roped into hanging out with us so much now. <laughs> I, you know, I I I owe him a check of like two hundred and fifty bucks at least for like hanging out, like just being around me, right? <laughs> like, like, like 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 this place is so cool because it's a a place to celebrate bands. It's like it's like we used to go to record stores to do what we're doing here now. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because because in Corey's words, like to me, like you're what turned him on to this. And without that, well, none of this happens. Well, that's that's a, a great compliment, and I thank you guys for that. And I have to, um, I definitely have to give uh, give props to uh, to our uh, the co-host on the show or the 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 host because i always introduces the co-host is uh nate um he is uh really the one that drives the uh the quality of the show he does 99 percent of the work in terms of uh the uh the uh the editing coming up with the concepts uh putting putting the episode out uh, managing the social media like he's a, a really huge part of it uh i mean it, it definitely takes both of us to make it up but he he works very hard on it and he definitely has a more of more of a um um of a he has more of a life than i do he's got a, a wife three kids um very busy life so how he fits it all in and this and everything else he does is just uh nothing short of amazing so so so, so wait time out time out you're paying you all heaps of compliments here john yeah and are you guys trying to tell me this is extra hurtful now that you have premium, I'm, I'm going to call him, pre, John, I'm calling you premium East Coast John. You bring on the show, and Nate does all the heavy lifting, and we could have had Nate, and then I could have been the only John on the show again. What's going on, guys? Well, I mean, I'm the personality, so I mean, you know. It's, uh... <laughs> well, Nate, Nate gets it to the line, and John pushes it over. Yeah, exactly. I'm like the, um, what, what, am I, uh, what am I, the comedic foil? And there like you go. It's the straight man or vice versa. It doesn't work without both of us, but yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely a, a pivotal part of the show. So don't worry. Don't worry. Um, um, older, old, older John, or what are we, what are we calling him? Original John deuces, <laughs> the, deuces. <laughs> the deuce. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's, um, I'm still, I'm still going to deliver today. Don't worry. Oh no. It, it sounds very much like mine and Corey's relationship. Corey does all the work, all the yeah. research. Um, he 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 has all the technical stuff. He has all the knowledge. He has all the personality, and then I'm there. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have somebody <laughs> like Scott, who's an all-in-one. He does everything, and it's even more amazing than all of us. So you know what? We should all bow to him. Yes. Well, I just keep talking, whether anyone's <laughs> listening or not. There's there's no one here to shut me up. You know. Yeah. No, 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 because Scott's everything Corey is, and he's somehow also a, a musician, like an actual, like, like Scott, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> he's, Scott's okay, basically our Chris for a while. Wait, 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 no, but Scott, Scott's our, our, our Chris Hemsworth, right? Like, you can't be <laughs> that good looking, that much in shape, and also be that funny and that talented. Like, that's why Scott's like, go fuck yourself. 
Well, OG John, in all fairness, you have better hair than I do. I mean, that, that's fair, oh, but 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 it didn't stop. It's everywhere, right? Like I I, I could go topless, and and you guys would see 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 gorilla hair. And this is an audio <laughs> podcast, so you guys don't know that he isn't. <laughs> well, thank God he isn't, uh, because we have a guest on now. Let's get this uh, train pack on the tracks if we can. Scott, usually yeah. about this time in the show, we throw to you, and, and you can tell the folks about all of our favorite shows on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Take it away. Our growing list of brothers and one sister on the Deep Dive Podcast Network is just absolutely amazing. Obviously, we've got John here and his his buddy Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast. We have myself at Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. We have Skinnered Reconsidered, T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast, universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, George and Hattie at the Judas Priest cast, Mark and Corey at the and the podcast Will Rock show. We have John, Corey, and myself at this very show, Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. I said I wasn't going to mention our own show anymore, so I blew that. And then we have John and Corey at Backtracks theme music, where I might pop up from time to time. And of course, we have the North by South podcast, So Far, So Pod, So What, The Tom Petty Project, and Volume for All. And last but certainly not least, rock roulette podcast where they spin a similar wheel to the van halen show really good wheels, stuff. wheels are all the rage now i know uh, kevin brown also does a queen show uh called seaside pod review they spin a wheel uh rock roulette spins a wheel everybody has a wheel so that's why we went to dice uh for the aerosmith show where we're trying to come up with a new mcguffin here and uh speaking of mcguffins let's go to deuces uh shit stain whatever he wanted to call himself uh we're gonna let him do the sponsor copy here this week i'm sure he's ready for it tell us about pop rock and radio who, who, me? Okay. Yeah, you. Um, yeah, all right. Well, um, so so our buddy Ken Knapsack the, the, does a little show called Pop Rock and Radio. It's a big hits album cuts and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the Pop Rock and Radio community. Um, download the Mixcloud app today and um, check Ken out because he is spinning uh, records every Saturday night. Great job, Tunes. Okay, let's get back to Aerosmith now. Uh, what always happens when you bring a guest on is we let the guest pick the six songs that are going to go on this week's die. So we put our regular die aside, and we let uh, Better John pick six songs. And I tell you, he picked a really eclectic six songs. I'm really excited about this dice here tonight. Uh, I'll list them out, and then uh, Better John, maybe you can tell us why you kind of went down this path. First of all, Looking at your songs, I can tell you're a Joe Perry fan because you picked two oh, yeah. Joe Perry songs. So uh, first of all, we have One Way Street from the debut album, uh, Bright Light Fright, which is a Joe song from Draw the Line, Chiquita from Night in the Ruts, Taste of India from Nine Lives, Heart Sun Time from Permanent Vacation, and another Joe song, Walk On Down from Get a Grip. So maybe tell us about why you chose those six tracks. Um, well, when um, when I was when I was tasked with having to uh, choose for the dice. I was thinking, what are some of my favorite songs? And I, I never like to go down the road of um, uh, picking the popular ones because, of course, I, I like the hits and I like the popular ones all throughout the years. But I figured, like you guys have done um, a lot of those, and so uh, I've, I'm definitely a deep tracks guy. And um, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to pick throughout the the years uh, some of uh, some of my favorite songs, like ones that have kind of made an impression on me, or um, you know, have been in the 
uh, been in the playlist uh, more often than others. And like you said, there are a couple of a uh, couple of Joe songs because uh, I, I love his I love his vocals and performances on those two songs. Um, and then just a couple of those outlier albums. Um, and songs, uh, I just think are really interesting and, you know, could add a lot more than just uh, me picking uh, what it takes or something <laughs> that we've all heard a million times. Well, and that's good because we are trying to populate the ultimate Aerosmith mixtape. And side A of that mixtape is deep cuts. So we're going to have the our favorite nine Aerosmith deep cuts on side A and side B is live tracks. So all of our favorite Aerosmith live tracks will be going on side B. So you got a lot of deep cuts on here tonight. Uh, if one of those roll... Uh, we'll actually have to have a discussion about is it going to replace something currently on side A of our mixtape, which right now includes Rats in the Cellar, Moving Out, No More, No More, Girl Keeps Coming Apart, Bone to Bone, Coney Island Whitefish Boy, mm -hmm. Seasons of Wither, Reefer Headed Woman, Walking the Dog, and The Movie. So mm -hmm. this could be interesting. You only get, you have one single uh, on your die, which is a Taste of India, uh, which is a promotional single off of Nine Live. So if we roll that one, uh, it'll be in the conversation for what we're calling the ultimate Aerosmith top 10, uh, which right now has uh, 10 tracks on it. So if we spin that one, it may replace one of these songs currently on the ultimate Aerosmith top 10. And that's kind of how the show works. Uh, Scott, uh, you don't know a ton of Aerosmith. You know these six songs. Are you looking forward to anyone in particular? Uh, well, of course I don't. Uh, the only... The only one I know, of course, is uh, is the one that we have off of one of my favorite albums, Permanent Vacation. Uh, apart from that, I don't think I've heard, at least knowingly heard, any of those other songs yet. So whatever we spend, I'm looking forward to it. It's probably going to be something I'm not familiar with. All right. Uh, Deuces the Driving Cat. Is there anything on the die that you're looking forward to here tonight? I I, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I mean, Brother John picked five songs where I'm like, wow, those are some great deep cuts. But before we get started, I do have to ask Brother John, and it's no judgment at all. This is a judgment-free zone. What led you to, or what leads you to want to add Taste of India particularly onto the die? And I'm only asking because it's really not one of my favorite Aerosmith albums. If I had like a one-shot deal to talk mm -hmm. about it, I get where the other five are coming from. That's the one I was like, oh, a nine live song, right? Um, what like what took you down that road? I remember that uh, that was that was one of the albums that came out um, when that that I remembered coming out because I uh, uh, when when I was um, when I was in high school, uh, junior high, high school, whatever it was. That's when like a uh, pump permanent, uh, not permanent, uh, pump uh, get a grip. Um, all those came out, so I remember when this one came out, and this was different from those because they had had big hits on those albums. So when, uh, just, just push play, uh, came out, um, I'm sorry, nine, just push that nine lives. Sorry. I get them mixed up. Um, I thought like, all right, you know, this is good. It's going down the same road, but wasn't as successful. Um, but when I heard it, that was one of the songs that kind of stuck out because I thought that it was, um, I thought it was different, but it was still really good, uh, for them. Like it was, um, it was kind of a novelty song, but it was still kind of Aerosmith in a way. So I was um, that, like I said, that's one of those that just always kind of stuck out to me. The album as a whole, I don't remember, but that's one of them that I do. Yeah. I'm actually, because you picked it, I was looking forward to hearing it tonight. I was just curious why, because it does stick out kind of like a sore thumb to next yeah. to the other ones. 
Um, but yeah, no, awesome, dude. That was your, because uh, you picked one that, that we had covered that you didn't know we had covered. And I think that was the one that you replaced it with, wasn't it? Taste of India was your last edition? Um, maybe. I think uh, uh, originally, I think I had, um, what did I say? I picked uh, uh, Jailbait. And I actually Jailbait. think I remember, I think I remember that was one of the early episodes. And I, I think I remember you guys doing it, but I'm like, oh, I'll throw it out there anyway, in case I'm wrong. And um, that's the one that uh, I was told, no, nope, you got to pick an alternate. <laughs> well, and you pick better than Jailbreak. So, so thank you very much for that. Uh, better, John, is there uh, one of those six that you're uh, specifically rooting for here tonight? Um, I mean, I like all of them, but, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood to hear a uh, heart's done time because I, I really love that track. It's a great track. I'm looking forward to that one too. Uh, for me, I, I'm kind of rooting for Chiquita. I think night in the Ruts mm. is a very underrated album. Uh, yeah. and it, this is a banger off that album. So without further ado, uh, we're going to shake this dice here and we're going to roll and we're going to come up with bright light fright so none of us got the track we wanted but we're getting one off draw the line uh john matola maybe tell us a little bit about uh, why you put bright light fright on the die so um is uh anybody knows that heard um i i think i talked about on the the uh, aerosmith episode that i was on with uh on scott's show um the the big reason i got into aerosmith was is um in in high school my friend derek who was also on uh um uh, the grunge episode of scott's show um with me uh got me into him because like the way uh, i'm a huge kiss fan so um shout out because Corey's wearing a kiss shirt today um but um the way that i was to kiss um, uh, Derek was to, uh, Aerosmith. Uh, I just remember the first time going into his house, he had just Aerosmith stuff everywhere. He already, when we were like 12 years old, he'd already been to a, a bunch of the, their concerts. So, um, he really got me into him and I'd never really considered him before. Uh, and when I started listening to him, I went down that road. So by the time I got to draw the line, um, you know, uh, we just turned the, the Steven Tyler stuff. So when I heard the Joe Perry pick up a vocal, um, I was like, wow, this is like, this is really good. Uh, which is one of the reason I put two Joe Perry songs on the dice is because I, I love his voice and I love the uh, couple of songs where he took lead on. And this was uh, the first one where I'm like, yeah, this, this rocks. There, there's a lot of great stuff on draw the line, but they were so disjointed as a band uh, at this uh, moment in, in their history, yeah. right? Where they even recorded an entire song with, when Joe was just laid up in bed for the full day. So he didn't even play on it. And, and actually, uh, Bright Light Fright was one he presented to the band and they hated it. Uh, but he kind of forced its way uh, onto the album. He, he said it was kind of inspired by the Sex Pistols. But um, yeah, nobody mm -hmm. in the band really liked it. But uh, uh, it's been a while since I heard it, but uh, I, I don't want to tip my hand. But uh, we'll, we'll see how this one goes. Scott, uh, I know uh, you probably don't know this song at all, or really probably the album Draw the Line, but um, this was very close to Aerosmith kind of breaking up. It was Night in the Ruts where they actually just kind of fractured off Joe Perry. Uh, left and Brad Whitford uh, a little bit later on than that, but they were they were deep in the weeds at this point doing the draw the line where a lot of them don't even really remember recording it. So uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, track to cover here tonight. I think so, and you know your your story about uh, them recording the song with with Joe being out. Uh, it kind of reminded me when when the Bengals recorded "Walk Like an Egyptian." The record company had put that uh, electronic bass drum and tambourine track on. And when the drummer went into recorder part, they said, we don't need you. We've, we've already got it. So now when they do that song live, which they do at every single show, she has to leave her drum set, come out front and shake a tambourine. 
And and I, I remember her being just so pissed off about it, which I would be. I mean, if I was the drummer and they're like, yeah, we just replaced you with some MIDI track, uh, that would be that would be pretty uh, pretty annoying to me. So I, I wonder how he felt about that. Uh, uh, John Deuces Mariano, uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, the album uh, Draw the Line or uh, the song Bright Light Fright? No, it's not it's not one I constantly go to, but I don't ever skip it when I have my Aerosmith catalog on random. Uh, um, that's why, like I, I like I said at the, at the top, like five of these songs I really dig that they're deep cuts, and I really dig the deep cuts that they are. This being one of them. Joe Joe Perry heavy songs or like stuff from the Joe Perry project. Um, I have mixed feelings on because it, it, it's it's a time of change in the band, right? And mm-hmm. I, I generally like stuff shortly before this and shortly after this, but not so much where we where we are right now. Um, so I'm curious to see how I react to it tonight. All right, well, let's get it get into it. It's a short song, only two minutes twenty two seconds, but here's a bright light fright uh, by Joe Perry from the album Draw the Line. It's a short song because it's like a car crash into it. Like, does anybody else feel like we started like a like thirty seconds into the song? Well, it starts like a Sex Pistols song, doesn't it? Like Joe Perry said, it was inspired by the Sex Pistols, and you can yeah. totally get that just from that intro. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like all right. Let's let's just go. You, you can tell they're doing a lot of coke and a lot of speed and stuff at that time, right? <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, Corey. You know I always go in a slightly different direction. Scott, you know I go in this direction too. Um, it feels like Joe is not a big fan of foreplay. <laughs> but like just based on this, it feels like you know. Hey, Joe, you want to go to the bedroom? His pants are off. He's ready to go. He doesn't even care what's happening next, right? And before, like you said, it's like a two and a half minutes long, and he's done. He's out. He's on to the next thing. He's making a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. It. it um. I. My analogy was going to be a little different, but it's like when you when you pull the the uh, what is it the the rip cord or whatever on the lawnmower, and then it just like jerks you forward, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> like that's how the song starts, basically. Okay. Which I I think is cool. I like it because there's no there's no fucking around. It's like let's let's get to it, man. So. I, I'm trying to to decide if I like the mix on it, but he's kind of soloing a little bit, so it's hard to tell. It, it does feel a little bit like they recorded and then he recorded on top of them, but it's early, so I'll, I'll have to see how it blends together. He, he's he's a, a future seeker. He's he's talking about Zoom calls already. Uh, way back in 1977, <laughs> the crisis at hand is I'm all out of Zoom. Yeah, m- maybe that's why they're they're rushing uh, their way through the song because he's all out of Zoom. You know, it, it sounds like it was recorded in a garage to me. It, it, it was recorded in an old like house, it. if I remember correctly. Yeah, so okay. you're not far off. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely feels like a almost like a four track recording. 
Um, mm-hmm. The drums, the, the drums being at that tempo should have a lot more power to them, but they're really kind of light hits on the snare and they're in the background. Um, definitely not a mix I'm used to hearing from Aerosmith. So it's, uh, it's throwing me off. And then with a completely different vocalist, it feels like when the Misfits decided to start up again after Glenn Danzig and the identity of the band is, is not the band anymore. I remember uh, Jack Douglas, the producer on the Behind the Music episode, was saying that uh, it was just a bunch of people, drugs and guns, and they were just shooting guns off all over the place, and they were all just coked out of their heads. It just wasn't a very uh, very good environment conducive to you know creating music. Uh, so I think he just wanted to kind of get out of there without getting shot. Could be. Well, and, and you have to wonder from the record company's standpoint, obviously there's a producer there that can see what's going on, I always wonder in these situations why somebody didn't, or maybe somebody did and it didn't get approved, but hey, these guys are not in good shape right now. Maybe we should wait three or four months. Let's get them some help and and come back and record an album and see what they've got. But this isn't working. All these industries, right? I, I know I'm preaching to the choir right now because I know you know stuff like this, but I'm just going to use recent events in, in movies, right, that I know of. So, so they released the Justice League, Warner Brothers did, as an incomplete movie so the executives could get their bonuses that year. All of this is about chasing the, the almighty dollar so they could give two shits about the condition of the band. And I'm yeah, pretty that's sure right. that's what happened. You're probably right. It, it, I guess it just seems to me like with a band, with a lot of bands, I suppose you could do that. With a band with the arrow, the legacy of Aerosmith, I guess I would just expect a little bit more. But I mean, you're you're talking, you know, a pretty huge series but, there. So, but was it like at this point? Like I know they were a popular band, but I don't feel like they really had a true legacy. Though their second leg. Right, like the comebacks, kind of really what the story of Aerosmith is, and then becomes the argument about the two eras and how great they are. But they weren't held at these highest heights at this point, right? And and like, you know, you know, when you 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 don't clump them in with the Who, you don't clump them in with Led Zeppelin at this point, right? Now we look back. And it's almost like we look in the back of the baseball card and we're like, look at all the, what they've done over time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they got to do it over in two spots. It's like, it's like when Michael Jackson, not Michael Jackson, when Michael Jordan won three championships, retired, and that was enough. He was great. Mm-hmm. But his legend is really, and then he comes back and wins another three. So really permanent vacation, you think, is where that started? I I I I actually think probably Pump is where that started, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think I think you, you know, walk this way and and you, you know permanent vacation get them kind of back in the consciousness, mm-hmm. but the legend really grows with how big Pump gets, and then and then get a grip just takes them to a new level. Yeah, around this time, they released, uh, of course, Towards the Attic and Rocks came out before this one. Uh, so they were a fairly big band in America, but they weren't what they would become kind of in their in their Geffen years. So, mm-hmm. Multi-generational. I feel bad he can't find his shoes. Uh, I, I imagine that's a real junkie problem. Uh, when you're in an estate in upstate New York and uh, trying to record an album, you can't find your shoes. But uh, I want to uh, better John point out something about Joe Perry's vocals. And uh, I think uh, Joe Perry sounds pretty damn good on this. 
Yeah. I mean, um, I, I love, um, I love his vocals. I think he's really, uh, he's just really going for it. I mean, he's not, uh, uh not a vocalist like, uh, Steven Tyler. He's just very, um, I don't know if I want to say bluesy, but he definitely has like a really cool tone to it that works in the, in, in these kind of like songs, uh, the, this one and the, uh, the other one, uh, walk on down that he does, which is just, um, kind of, a. I don't know, an, an up-tempo, uh, really rocking kind of blues um, mm-hmm. um, type of uh, type of song. And I, and I think the, the um, when we were talking about the mix earlier too, it's very, it, like uh, one of you guys said, very garagey sounding, very loose. Um, and that, I think that's one of the reasons I like it is because it's just really, um, it's just really underproduced. And I mean, I really love uh, a lot of deep tracks because a lot of times they're almost like uh, some of them have like a demo kind of quality, mm-hmm. which this one does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like his voice. I, I think if they're going for the sex pistols thing, I think they're really nailing it. guarantee you that sax player was on zoom too like, <laughs> he sounded like it yeah that was something that was that was definitely a steven tyler-ish solo you know what what steven would be <laughs> singing over a guitar solo if there was one and shocking we, we talked about this on other tracks uh you know steven tyler always has to assert himself somewhere in the track to let everyone know he's still there right he hasn't done that yet we're almost halfway through the song we're a minute in uh, and no steven tyler yet he uh, he actually mm. didn't show up to the chorus so kind of surprising think that joe perry had this song go on this album so steven would just shut the fuck up and let him play <laughs> it is weird to Maybe. hear an entire guitar solo well, I mean, he, was, he threw a couple of like he threw a little like ow in there yeah, yeah but, but i think that's his ow right like is that yeah. like yeah yeah like <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is definitely Joe Perry's song, and it's the 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 more that I listen to it, the more that I realize why I like it again is is because it's just it doesn't let up, it just keeps going. And I mean, he's got like uh, he throws it like I mean, classic Joe Perry guitar solo. Um, I don't know, and and just even his vocals have that kind of you know he's always walking around and he just he looks like he's always really chill and everything like that. He's just kind of like even keel even when he's playing, it's like, that's how he sings. Even though this is like a really high energy song, I just kind of feel like it's a, it's a great balance of his, his personality where he like wails on the guitar, but while he's singing, he's just kind of like, yeah, 
it, it sounds like something that could have been on uh, Toys in the Attic, just sped up at double speed. Right. It just sounds like a classic Aerosmith song, just twice as fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Matola, you're more of a guitar player than I am. Did I hear a little bit of flange on that guitar solo? Um, it's, it's hard for me to tell if it's that, or if it was the way that it was, um, that it was miked, you know, the way it was produced because the, the whole song has this really kind of roomy vibe to it. Uh, uh, just kind of a natural like room echo to it. But, um, um, either way, I love the, I love the tone on his guitar. And yeah, It just kind of buried in the mix though, wasn't it? Like it's, uh, hardly like we're listening with headphones on and you can hear it, but, uh, it's really kind of low in the mix compared to other Joe Perry, uh, early seventies, Joe Perry, uh, guitar solos. Well, I yeah, think definitely that's, the, true. that's the thing about it being so raw. It's like, you know, normally you would back some of the music off a little bit and give some space for the guitar solo to, to shine. And they just didn't do that. They just kept everything at, you know, full volume and didn't, didn't leave any space for it, but put it in on top of it anyway. Um, it, it, it does make it difficult to define what the playing is on it in some spots, but I like the sound of it overall. I, I, I like the energy of it too. The mm -hmm. energy doesn't really match the vocals though. I mean, the, the vocals are sung a little more straightforward than, than the solo. It's kind of like that sax part where the sax part like just comes in with all this explosive energy. And then we go back to like a more dry, straightforward vocal. And then the guitar comes in with that explosive energy again. It's a real interesting back and forth on this one. You notice the sax hasn't come back yet. I think the sax player had a heart attack after completing that first salvo and he's just laying there dead on the floor. Yes. Too much zoom. Too much Zoom. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny, this uh, this song almost didn't make the album because uh, Joe Perry uh, had a whole uh, cookie tin full of demos that he lost. And uh, Bright Light Fright, like almost completed, was on that was in that cookie tin. Mm. And uh, but and so Jack Douglas was pissed off at him because he lost this cookie tin full of demos. But his wife uh, at, at the time found the cookie tin and, and we got Bright Light Fright on the album. So we got 24 seconds left to go. Let's finish this one out. All right, that's Bright Light Fright from 1977's Draw the Line. I, I just love those lyrics. It's just like, just a junkie whacked out on speed. It's the sunlight blues. I can't find my shoes. The fucking news. I can just, oh, it's, <laughs> it, the, the, this the, This is just a, a, a so uh, indicative of where the band was at this time. Just mm. coked out of their heads, not even know what the fuck's going on, but still able to bust out a great uh, up-tempo jam. Uh, let's start with Scott Haskins. Scott, what are your thoughts on Bright Light Break? I think it's a pretty cool song. Um, it's nice to hear a different vocal and and to hear a different style, one that doesn't really feel like it has to be everywhere. I like the sax solo and a guitar solo in there. I, I think the song, for as short as it is, really delivered a lot. The only thing I, I, I found a little bit repetitive was kind of the lyrics. Um, I wish maybe they had come up with an alternative verse or, or chorus or something to say, because it did it did feel a bit repetitive. But overall, the song's got great energy, and um, yeah, I, I dug it. All right. Uh, John Mariano, what were your thoughts? I'm confused how you could be loathed on Zoom and come up with decent lyrics. Like I think that expectation, you got lower that bar, Scott. <laughs> a lot. Um, I'm sorry. 
No, no, no. In, in, fair, in fairness to the band, they were not in a good place uh, when, when, when this song was written. Um, and I, I guess I'm going to credit Joe with the lyrics for this. Um, but I, I, I enjoy it. Um, I'm debating on where I feel it belongs. Like what? Like if I feel it belongs on the mixtape, I really dig this song. Like where where I'm struggling, and it would be the same thing if I were hearing like a cover or something. Is is this really an Aerosmith song, or is this a Joe Perry song, or are those one and the same? And this is telling part of that Aerosmith story, and part that doesn't get told enough of the band kind of at odds with each other. And that like 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 I almost have like this internal battle on where I'm at right now with the mixtape. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh so uh better John, you can kind of see on your screen here hopefully that this is currently side A of the mixtape. Rats mm-hmm. in the cellar moving out, no more, no more. Girl keeps coming apart, bone to bone, seasons of wither, reefer headed woman, walking the dog and the movie. So the question is, do we take one of those songs off the mixtape? and substitute it with Bright Light Fright. So uh, let's start with you. You see those nine tracks there. We just heard Bright Light Fright. What are your thoughts? Should we take something off side A of the mixtape and put Bright Light Fright on it? Wow, that's um, that's a tough one because I did <laughs> I did pick this song, but I know like uh, looking at this, I can see what, the, what our goal is here. And um, after what, uh, after what John just said, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking that maybe it doesn't belong on there uh, okay. for those reasons, because it definitely, it, it, I think it's a great song. It just like it, it, it it's a snapshot in time of the band. Uh, it's a great uh, high energy song. It's definitely a Joe Perry song. It, it would, I feel like it would be on home at home in a couple of years on the, the first project album, which, um, you know, is great. But um, mm-hmm. if you're trying to represent the deep cuts of Aerosmith, and you only have a limited amount of space, then I would say probably keep side A as it is, as as much as I love this song. All right. Well said. Scott Haskin, let's go to you. We have one vote nay. Uh, which way are you leaning? I, I'm really torn because I think if we're doing an ultimate tape, I feel like there's some responsibility to representing those kind of eras, you know, to say like, if this is a comprehensive collection of, of Aerosmith songs. So to not have one, you know, with, with Joe as the singer is kind of, I don't, I don't know if we're really representing the band, but is it better than any of the songs that we have on there? Mm-hmm. I like the song, but I don't, I don't think that it's better than one than any of them that we have on there now. So I would have to say, I, I would keep that argument for maybe another song and see if there's something else I think would, would be a better fit for the tape. But I would say, I think we're good the way we are right now. All right. And I know uh, for myself, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm not opposed to putting a Joe track uh, on the side of the mixtape, but I'm thinking of something like combination or walk on down. I thought maybe would be a better representation. Uh, mm-hmm. Even something like stop messing around from honking on Bobo. Uh, I, I could see having a, a better spot maybe than, than bright light fright, even though I, I did really dig the song. Uh, when you're looking at uh, songs that are going to make the mixtape, uh, we already have one on side B, Kings and Queens uh, from Classics Live 1. Uh, you know, that's a track off Draw the Line. So uh, I'm I'm cool with what we have on side A right now. The only one, apologies, Scott, that I could see maybe swapping out is the movie. Oh, uh, but oh I, I knew it. <laughs> I'm cool with keeping the movie for another week, though. Uh, John Mariano, uh, what is ultimately your, which way are you going to go? 
So I, I, I was like, you know what? We should keep this song because I'm a big fan. And both Scott and Corey can tell you that when we have a guest on, we should respect that guest and their opinions. And what we should do is we should try to fight to get their song on the mixtape, even if it's just for a week, just to make them smile a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I look, I'd be willing to take one of my songs off, but I don't feel like that's generous enough. So I was going to nominate the movie because, you know, I, I'm a really good guy like that. And uh, like, that's where I was going to sit, but you guys have already outvoted me. So my vote's a moot point. I just wanted to share it so Scott knew how much I cared. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> well, after how I mean, hard I fought to get that back on after the last time you kicked it off the mixtape. And it's funny because I voted against my own song because of an yeah. argument that you, that you made and you were going to vote for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I would agree that if if we were going to represent a, a Joe Perry song, then one of the later songs, which was a little more fleshed out, better produced, uh, when the band was kind of firing on all cylinders, would probably be a better representation on on uh, this. Like like um, uh, Walk On Down, for instance. Yep, I totally agree. So uh, we're ultimately we're saying kind of hard for me, but I'll get over it. So this one doesn't get on the mixtape, and you know. We'll get over it. It's fine. There'll be there'll be another song next week, and we'll see how that fares. So that's Bright Light Fright from uh, Draw the Line. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the song. I know I did. Uh, let's uh, put a cap on this one here. Let's start with Scott Haskin. Um, what do you got coming up? What would you like to plug, and where can the uh, fine folks find you online? Well, by about the time that this aired, I think the third book in my Universal Court series should be about out or about to come out in late January. And a new album should be out in February. It's called The Shattered Room. And apart from that, you can find me here on this podcast. You can find me on Uriah Heap, the Magician's podcast. It started up on January 10th for a couple more seasons. And hopefully some special bonus uh, episodes coming out. And everything is at www.scotthaskin.com. Perfect. Thank you very much. And uh, John Matoli, you mentioned uh, as we're recording this, you guys are on a little bit of a break. But uh, you got to be coming back uh, with new episodes anytime soon. Um, yeah, I mean, um, as, um, when I said that we were, uh, on a break, we're um, on a, uh, not really on a recording break, uh, Nate and I usually take uh, December off, uh, because, um, work is really busy for us. So we kind of, uh, we kind of bank a bunch of episodes for those four weeks. So there's really no interruption in our flow. So we will be having new episodes come out, uh, every week. Um, they're just, uh, uh the references might be a little old. <laughs> by the time they come out but um but yeah we're um we're we're definitely uh cranking them out and as uh scott's the one that keeps us honest he's just like you've never missed a week and we we don't want to disappoint him so that's what that's what keeps me going personally <laughs> so you uh you can find us at uh deeppurplepodcast.com and uh that's our website and you can find um all the information there about uh episodes uh patreon where you can uh listen to the show um Apple Music, uh, Spotify, and our Twitter and um, Instagram handles are there as well, if anybody wants to listen. And John Mariano, where can the folks find you? Oh, you can find me at John Mariano, New York, or whatever, however you pronounce it. But John, John Mariano NY on Twitter. I can be there being like kind of like a grumpy cat, but more like a grumpy dog. Well said. And uh, you can find me... Uh, 
She's doing too many podcasts. I'm on uh, and the podcast will rock with Mark Meyer. Uh, every Friday that drops, we're breaking down the Van Halen catalog one track at a time. Uh, we're also doing backtrack theme music. John and I talking everything uh, music and movies. Uh, we just did a great one with Mark Meyer. Uh, it would be released by the time you're listening to this one. But uh, go back and listen to the Who Wants to Live Forever show from Highlander. It was a lot of fun. And if you want to just yell at me generally at Twitter, I'm at CD Morset. And with that, I'd like to thank our guest, uh, John Matola. I'd like to thank Scott. I'd like to thank John Mariano. And thank you for listening. And as always, we will give the final word to Steven Tyler. <laughs>